1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Main Menu for the 13th of October, 2017. This is your co-host, Jason Castingue. Because we're short on time, we're going to get right into it today. So enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Jason Castingway, your co-host here. In this segment, we are going to talk about many things, including what's up and coming with the Microsoft Windows 10 update. TO BEGIN INTRODUCTION, WE HAVE SOMEONE FROM WHOM WE HAVEN'T HEARD IN A WHILE, PART OF OUR MAIN MENU TEAM, MR. JEFF BISHOP.
0: Hello, Jason. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, thanks. Glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you here. Yes, indeed. We also have others from Microsoft joining us. Mariah Moon. Hello.
2: Hello. I'm excited to
3: be here.
1: Great. And Brett Humphrey?
3: Hey, thanks. It's always great to be here and talk with everyone.
1: All right. And Joe Steinkamp is here to join us once again. Hi there, Joe.
4: Hi. It is always a pleasure to be back on Main Menu, and also to reassert that I am a Microsoft fanboy. It's, oh. it's, it's important that I do that. So
1: great. <laughs> <laughs> and my good old trusty companion, sometimes partner in crime, Randy Rusnack.
5: Hello, everyone. How's everyone doing?
1: For those of you who may not know, Jeff has moved he has not only moved, he has taken on a new job with Microsoft. Tell us about it, Jeff.
0: Thanks, Jason. Yeah, I have. I I moved here in the middle of July, and so it's been a couple of months here, and it's been quite an experience. You know, I've been working with Microsoft over the past few years and being able to look from the outside in, and it was very evident even then that the commitment of accessibility was definitely there, but now actually working inside the company, it's even stronger that just from, the, from day one, you know, when we start at Microsoft, accessibility is everywhere. From the onboarding experience through all of the teams, it's very, very clear. This week, Satya Nadella released his new book called Hit Refresh. And this book talks a lot about changing the culture and the soul of Microsoft, including all about accessibility. And we can find the book in many places that you find digital books, including Bookshare. So I would definitely encourage you to give it a read. The commitment is definitely strong and our team is growing. So stay tuned for announcements from our team about ways that you might be able to get involved even more, even here at Microsoft. The next thing I'd like to do is to start us on a path here to talk about the journey that we've been taking here at Microsoft. And to do that, please give a warm welcome to Brett. Brett?
3: Well, hey, thank you. For those that uh, have been kind of listening along over the past couple of years, Microsoft and, and Windows 10 really has been a journey. You know, And part of that journey is moving from what we call needed to wanted to loved. And and the accessibility story certainly follows those uh the same arcs. And so what I like to do is kind of give a little bit of a a recap, because some folks have dove in and are giving great feedback. And other folks are still kind of like, well, do I want to try it? And then what's going on? So I think it's really kind of important to set context of some of the things we've been doing for the past few releases. You know, when we really started looking deep at feedback, there were just clear areas where folks were like, hey, I, I need some things so that I can really start using it. And those really, you know, center around some, some core concepts of uh, I need narrator to be responsive. And so we spent a great deal of time making sure when you tap a key, it responds instantly. And that really also goes into our voices. The TTS team here has spent a lot of time Working, ensuring that the uh, text-to-speech engines are are super fast, and very great feedback about well, they might be too fast, and that that's good because you know at the end of the day we don't want the text-to-speech engine to limit your capability and what you want to do. So, as we often say, hey, if it's uh, too slow for you, let us know. We'll uh, we'll keep turning it up if we can. So, and uh, also part of that is when we have the inbox voices it's a continued breadth. How do we bring more languages? And so every release we've brought on more and more languages. And then uh, a, a top one that keeps coming up is Braille, love to have Braille. Hey, can we uh, can we install and use Braille? And We've been working really hard on that. And We've got some, some updates on Braille as well coming up for the Windows 10 Fall Creators Update. So good stuff there. And then that's kind of under that, hey, I really need this to be effective. And we started doing some things that we think that people really want. And we want to really unify what's going on with how you navigate and have that same consistent experience. And so we started on this journey of scan mode. And Mariah's going to talk more about that as we get into the podcast a little bit more. And then we also did some work, which, hey, for a long time, if you want to go do a clean install on your machine, you will put in a USB key or drop in a CD or DVD and you want to start up Windows, There was this gap where you couldn't really do that if you needed a screen reader, so we spent time doing work and ensuring that you can actually do Windows from a clean install and and go through that as you need.
0: Brett, I wanted to talk a little bit about that, and I think this is a feature where it bridges both wanted and really loved, because not only is it something that's been wanted for a really long time, and it's been a request that we've seen at conferences and things for many, many years, actually, but... It's also loved because it's going to allow i t professionals to be employed and be effective in their jobs and more effective. So that's really, really exciting. being able to take that unemployment number that we see in the blind and visually impaired community and really making a difference, you know that feature alone is really big,
3: yeah. and and as we continue working through the what was wanted, and there's of course these blurred lines between wanted and needed, but along the, lines of responsiveness, there was some feedback and some confusion as narrators reading through words. Okay, I press control and I restart reading and it it doesn't always seem to start at the right place. It seems a little off. And then for those that have low vision and would watch narrator read, you would see this kind of block of like ten words being highlighted as you read. And we spent some engineering effort to really get down to where it's word level tracking so where you stop is where you stop where you start is where you start and if you're watching everything go by uh, you'll see word by word being highlighted and that that rolls into some some longer term goals for us as well
4: that was exciting to see Brett because if you go into the magnification area of Windows 10 you will see that it will follow you know the narrator cursor or the other cursors available giving you pretty seamless integration in this new update, which was really great. So if you hit your Control-Windows-M, you'll bring up Magnifier, and you can actually get to the options. We'll take you straight into the ease of access area for Magnifier, where you can modify that and make it work with uh, Narrator, which was really exciting.
3: Yes, that's true. We're going to get to it. So thanks for jumping ahead. We love you for it. And uh, we do love, actually, that people notice it. So it's great. I, I agree. It's It's been really nice. And we see that really as a way... Because vision loss is on a, a range, that's really nice to be able to say, hey, look, I can augment reading and magnification in a very clean way. So yeah, absolutely. Glad you're noticing it. Glad people are loving it.
4: Okay, I won't steal your thunder with colorblind uh, things in Windows 10 then. I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet. I'll,
3: uh-huh, sure, sure, <laughs> sure. I think you just did, but I love it. I we'll, love it. We'll get there. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> uh, and then we did a bunch of work around uh, just some scenario work. We did some work with Office. So for example, when you're typing along an email, and you type a spelling error, we just want it to say spelling error right away. There's been this you know, long-term conversation about F7 and it doesn't always work as I would expect it. And we just kind of flipped that around and said, hey, you know, a sighted person, as they type along, you see misspelling or grammar error or other errors, we'd like to be able to just tell you as you go because we believe that makes you more efficient because you can kind of hear it in context and decide to correct in context as you go. So. We continue to work and, and drive through scenarios and make basic scenarios better and better as we go. And then uh, kind of some other goodness that we've been working on uh, during the story arc between Windows 10 and the most current release. Uh, we did some mono audio for those folks that need mono audio for you have one one ear that works really well and the other one may not. You can kind of have that mix so you don't miss anything from a, a stereo perspective. And then even going forward, we've done a lot of work with eBooks in Edge. So you can go out today and download a book and put it in Edge and kind of read through that. So we've done a lot of work there as well.
0: Yeah, and you, uh, you can read Satya's new book using that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Nice,
4: nice yeah. work. Yes. Whether it be in PDF or EPUB or uh, any number of formats that Edge supports. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And uh, and so
3: that you know that's kind of our you know a big part of our journey is just kind of working through and going from the needed, wanted, loved, and we're not going to do all of them all at the same time, but we're certainly going to try to make sure there's a good mix as we go forward. And clearly, there's no question we're still working a lot in the needed area. Uh, we need to continue to work on, on our responsiveness and, and consistency, and those, those are things, of course, we're going to continue to work on. But as we get into the Windows 10 Fall Creators Update, a few things we want to touch on. This, this is, of course, not an exhaustive list because we've got plenty of blog posts and other things out there but we kind of wanted to talk through what we think are some of the highlights. So with that, we're going to kind of start with Mariah. She's got some great news on scan mode updates we've been working on and I know I'm excited about them. Please talk them through. Them.
2: Thanks, Brett. Yeah, this is a pretty exciting release. I'm going to talk a little bit about the scan mode updates. So as many of you know, scan mode has been available for a couple releases now with the main goal really being around creating a universal interaction model that's, that's available everywhere. So you can use it on the web, but also for just applications that you have on your machine. For the specific updates we made for the Windows 10 Fall Creators Update, we were really focusing around creating a seamless experience when you're navigating, reading, and then switching into edit fields. So the way Scan Mode works now with the update Is you can down arrow through navigating, and when you get to an edit box, we temporarily turn off scan mode so you can immediately type into that edit box. And then you can up arrow or down arrow out of that edit box, and scan mode will be turned back on. So there's kind of this seamless experience now between navigating and editing, and we wanted to have that kind of feel natural. The other big update is scan mode is now on by default for Microsoft Edge. So, when you open Microsoft Edge, scan mode will be on by default, so you can kind of have that experience out of the box. Scan mode, obviously, you can turn it on in other experiences, and that is the same toggle using Caps Lock and Space. Toggle it on and off. And the other thing I wanted to say about scan mode is that because we've designed it to be both for web experiences and apps, it's also great for just exploring new app experiences. You know, Windows ships new apps, new updates to apps, pretty frequently. So, if you're exploring a new app, Scan Mode is a great way to do that. So, those are kind of the updates for Scan Mode for this release. And I think Brett wanted to talk a little bit about image descriptions.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, one of the things that uh, we've been working through on kind of the loved end, and and really kind of showcasing some of of the things that Microsoft is doing as a company really is around intelligence and cloud intelligence and AI. And uh, we're able to integrate that into Narrator today. So if you go to an image or you go to a meme, and in particular, when we look at things like social media, there's actually this concept around social inclusion and how do we really help that from a screen reading perspective? Because you can go through a lot of social channels, social media channels, and go to an image and not know what's going on. And it's very common to have an image and a meme and our system will go out and find out sometimes who the people are and be able to read the meme. And so we've seen some great demos where it's a bunch of celebrities and you, you go and you focus on the image and send it out and it'll come back and it'll name all four of the celebrities. And in other cases, there's been like VPs of a company with a meme and it would say their name and read the meme. And so we really spent some time kind of integrating that because we really believe that social media is where a lot of people interact and do work. And we want to make that more and more personal and have really some information that is generally lost very much available to you have any been able to try it out and any thoughts and feedback
4: okay so i do a variant of this so i use um scan mode a lot on the Xbox and of course I use Microsoft Seeing AI to read the menus that are not read by narrator because they're within the game itself, which is not narrator supported. But believe it or not, I've actually done some labeling and I need to do it more with people because one of the new features in Windows 10 is the ability to put some of your contacts into your taskbar. And that way you could have some of that information there, like their phone number, their Skype name, or their email. And it's a great way to be able to get to some of your contacts that you use the most really quickly. Also, along that same synergy, uh, I have their LinkedIn profile there. So <laughs> it would be neat one day if that, you know, say linked up with Cortana and all that talked back and forth. But it sounds like that's what you're talking about with machine learning by recognizing some of those things that are happening in real time and grabbing some of that information and compiling it and making it usable but frictionless.
3: Yeah, exactly. The goal is that, hey, go in and I'm press Shift D to get the description and really start to go out and get that image information. So it's pretty great. We're we're super excited about it, and we just think it's going to help folks a lot. You know, as we've been working along that journey, Jeff's got some great updates on kind of how do you learn and some usability updates for Braille as well.
0: So take it away. Thank you, sir. Right. So easier to learn has really been a core focus of this release as well. And The first thing I want to mention is the new narrator user guide, which is now available on Microsoft's website. You can find that at aka.ms slash narrator get started, and it has a what's new section so you can find out all the changes that we've been talking about and more, and lots of chapter updates that go into the new features and things about all of the braille changes that we've made in this release and so much more. So. We've implemented a new feature in this release called input learning. This is a feature that allows you to find out what keys do on your keyboard as well as what narrator commands do, cap shift D for example. You turn it on by holding down the cap slot key followed by one, and then you're now in input learning mode. So you can you know, press any keys on the keyboard and look at how, for example, the layout of all of our narrator commands might look like, and so that you can kind of get used to how they function. To turn input learning off, you hold down the caps lock key and press one twice. Now, input learning remembers the state or mode that you're in. So for example, if you're in scan mode, then it will give you information related to scan mode. And it's also available in other modalities, for example, like on your braille display, so that you can actually execute commands on your Braille keyboard and get information there. It's also available on touch.
4: So could but, I use the new dictation function to turn that on or off or through Cortana maybe one day? If, if not initially, maybe that's something that could be initiated by voice.
0: We're definitely looking into this area, but we cannot make any promises as to where this might go in the future.
4: I think that's neat, though, that dictation is on the keyboard now. It goes along with what you were talking about with the automatic editing within those places. Now, is this mode that you were just describing, Jeff, is this context sensitive? So if I have an Office document up, would it give me the commands within Office, or is it just really right now initially strictly for the Narrator keys?
0: It's strictly for the keys on the keyboard and Narrator. It has no Office integration at this point.
4: Okay. So just kind of an initial learning basic steps kind of thing. Not if I was in WordPad or Notepad that things would change or I'd hear edit keys, that kind of thing. No. Okay, cool. Yep.
0: Now we've also focused on Braille in this release, and there are a number of changes that users have been requesting. For example, you now have the ability to enter commands from the Braille keyboard. For example, alt tab and others. And there's a table that you'll see in the new Narrator User Guide that will document all of this. There's now a blinking cursor, and you can also change how the cursor is represented on your braille display. Notifications that you see in Windows now appear on your braille display, and there's now a new setting that allows you to control the time that those notifications stay on your braille display.
3: What's fun about the Braille update is that before the most recent update, you really had to switch between the Braille device and the keyboard to kind of work Windows. And so we're just super excited that, hey, you can now just sit down with the Braille device and use your Windows key to open the Start menu and, and work through things. So super excited to really make it just drive everything just from Braille.
4: No, exactly. Brad, I got I to gotta ask you the hard question. The last time we talked about Braille, we had talked about different manufacturers. So were there any manufacturers you were surprised to see requests for in support? Or have you added new displays since the last time we've spoken?
3: That's a great question. I, basically, we're using the open source libraries. And the current open source libraries, I think, are slightly ahead of us. I don't know the exact delta, though, off the top of my head. Right. But we do support something like 34 manufacturers. It's a really long list. and I, It is huge. Yeah, so it, it's been super great. And the nice thing about that work is that we've also been donating back into the open source community as we do the work. So it's been fun to be part of that as well.
0: Absolutely. And take a look at the updated user guide. Any updates as far as Braille displaying manufacturers will be shown there. And one other big request that we've had is for users to be able to change the Braille tables that are used for both input and output. So we couldn't do this before, but in this release we can. So, you know, some of us are still getting used to unified English Braille and we're getting better at reading it, but not necessarily writing it or vice versa. And some people like, you know, grade one for for input and grade two for output and all kinds of different scenarios. So now you can basically have it however you would like and you can definitely control that experience. So it's really terrific. So next, we'd like to talk about low vision. And for that, I'll pass it back to Brett.
3: Yeah, um, what's been great is that your vision really can be at different places at different times in life. And as mentioned earlier, we love that from doing the word tracking in Narrator, we can now uh, really update Magnifier, so it tracks. So, yeah, if you hit Windows, Control, M, we'll turn on Magnifier, the Narrator tracking should be on by default. So it's awesome. So you can just, you know, go to your favorite web page, zoom in a bit. Start narrator reading and we'll just track along as we go. So really excited about that.
4: Yeah, if you're not used to doing what Magic and ZoomText used to do by auto panning, you will take a little bit of getting used to because it will move pretty fast to zoom wherever the focus is in a window. If you alt tab, it'll throw you up to the top left or top right, which is correct where the focus should be. But if you don't use that function or you've turned it off in your screen magnifier and you're coming to this kind of new, it will take you a little bit of time to get used to just how responsive that is. And I'm, I'm saying that using a Surface Pro 2 actually on uh, Windows next. I'm actually on Redstone 4 now, but the fast-moving cursor is just absolutely crazy when you start typing and following along. And so exactly what you're talking about, Brett, it's not a hard move into using it. And it's definitely worth experimenting with if you are in a situation where maybe you're getting a Windows machine for the first time that's Windows 10 and your screen magnifier doesn't allow you to move to that, you might have to do a paid update. Try this first and see how you feel because I think it's pretty cool. Awesome.
3: Yeah, I personally have low vision, so I use it quite a bit when I'm going to the web and and I've used other devices and other other products, and I just I, I like how it feels. And of course, we're we always want feedback, so you know, please please keep the feedback coming. But it's part of that longer arc about how do we bring our ATs together and feel better and work better together.
4: Right. And you've got full screen, and you have lens. So if you're not a full screen fan, there is lens there, so that can help you. And of course, the zoom ability is really good, and you can also do a lot of things uh, to make your text larger and all that that you're already familiar with windows and if you're a screen magnifier or a low vision user you're kind of already familiar with some of those tools mm-hmm.
3: and then uh, you alluded to some uh, great things earlier too about like color sensitivity and we we spent some time looking at uh, common color sensitivities eight percent of the population is sensitive to a red green and that was a filter you can go in and turn on and really help enhance that and we've got some great feedback from users there as well nice thing, too, even if, you know, folks are developing and wanting to understand, well, how how does it look? Am I using color only? You can even turn on a black and white color filter. So we've really kind of helped folks be able to see things easier and discern more easily what's going on. And particularly in the red-green color space because most people say, hey, green, it's ready, and red, it's not. And folks are kind of going, "I, I don't know what's what. So it is unfortunately common that people use color only, but we've really tried to help ensure that people can really understand and see better what's going on. So super excited about that new addition
4: yeah and you can still change to the quote-unquote dark theme through appearance and the like uh, to make things really easier to see and of course uh, you can do some of the things by changing your colors in the background of windows like you always could in appearance so that makes a big difference too especially if you're wanting that to go over arching across to more windows than just control panel or say file manager You you want that to be all over which is great
3: Yeah, and since you brought the color adjustments, too, one of the pieces of feedback we got around high contrast is that folks would like a larger color choice. And so now if you look at the color high contrast settings, you have a full palette of choices. I think previously there were like 16 or 24 options. So we've got some good feedback from that as well. So it's great.
4: Well, some people will wonder why a video magnifier has so many color schemes, and that's because certain vision can cause you to be more sensitive to certain colors so if you're diabetic retinopic you tend to lean towards the yellow on blue background and that kind of hue whereas somebody who's glaucoma like myself tends to want to take blue out because that's glare and i just want to focus on white on a black background so it's amazing just how much the eye can change and as you get older your vision can change with color as well um, most men who approach their 40s and 50s usually have troubles in the black blue and brown hue so uh, this this just reinforces my situation in which i say i'm not just visually impaired i'm style impaired
3: it's <laughs> <laughs> a good phrase so yeah, those are kind of some, some of the top things we've continued to do for, for low vision and for other color sensitivity issues as well. And uh, Mariah's got a couple other things we're doing that's even outside of the vision space. It's really great. So go ahead, Mariah.
2: Thanks, Britt. Yeah, I wanted to spend a couple of minutes just talking about some of the other accessibility improvements that are happening in Windows. And Jeff mentioned this a little bit before, but the culture here at Microsoft is definitely changing to be more supportive of Uh, developing accessibility features, and we really are getting some top-down support, which is pretty exciting. So one of the new features that's coming for the Windows 10 Fall Creators Update is eye gaze support. So eye gaze support is in Beta, and it was designed for people with ALS, and they can essentially use their eyes to control their computer using eye gaze. There are a few blog posts about this out, but we're pretty excited about that announcement. One of the other accessibility improvements that's also coming is the learning tools is coming to Microsoft Edge, and this has been available in some of the Office experiences like OneNote, but it's now available in Edge and is supported for different file formats. And learning tools is is essentially a feature that's designed to help uh, people with learning disabilities such as dyslexia to read. So it essentially will simultaneously read and highlight words and fade away distractions. So it helps improve with learning outcomes. So those are a couple other features that are coming with Windows.
4: I think that's fascinating because there's a lot of people who forget just how much time and energy and research has been put into these things by Microsoft over the, well, decades. One of the things that I can think of in 2006 at a Microsoft panel that I attended at CSUN was a slide about cognitive uh, the things that were being added to windows that didn't make vista at the time but you know were discussed in various panels that I went to over the years and that you know when the time was right those features would make their debut and that's what it sounds like is coming along here is a lot of research and telemetrics have come into play and the eye gaze situation has been getting a lot of mainstream media support if you read a lot of articles about what's coming in the fall creators update uh, many reviewers are really honing in on ease of access and that particular iGaze technology because they think that that is a game changer.
2: Yes, it's really exciting. And what what I'll say is that iGaze actually started from a hackathon project. And so to see a lot of the accessibility work kind of come through from the hackathon. Uh, a hackathon is kind of something we do internally at Microsoft. And it allows people to get together and form teams and work on something they're passionate about. So it's pretty cool that that started as a hackathon project and is now kind of in our mainstream products.
3: Awesome. This is uh, the part where we love to do Q&A and chat about things, tell a bit of stories. I, I know that um, you're talking earlier about the Xbox. You bet. So I'm going to give you my 30-second story because I, oh, okay. I have low vision. And literally like three months ago, my TV just powered on and off, on and off, and i was just gone. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting because I really drive everything through my Xbox. So I would Literally just use groove music, pick music, play music, and my friends would stand there and they're like, Uh, is your Xbox talking really fast? I'm like, Yep, sure is. I play a bunch of music, and they they just kinda like, uh, uh, all right all right, your TV work? Nope, but
4: that's your problem. Great. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I have really enjoyed having now for almost two years, November will be the anniversary of Narrator on Xbox. Being two years on board from the the original old school, bigger than a VCR Xbox to now, of course, the Xbox One X, uh, which is coming out also this fall. And I do a lot of conversations with individuals about what should they get for their children in the household. And I always recommend Microsoft Xbox because... Not only is it a situation where you can, you know, do some of the games, like fighting games and rhythm games, n- not all of them are uh, going to be accessible naturally. But for being able to keep up with your family, your children, or your spouse, maybe you're the person in the household who, you know, governs how much money is being spent on video games or how much time is being spent on video games, many of those features are accessible through Narrator. And so as a parent, you can limit the amount of time in the latest update that the young person in the house can play. You can turn that off at 10 o'clock and exert some family control. You can actually set it up so that when you start a controller, it loads your profile. And maybe that's the profile that has all the important stuff on it. So people can't necessarily go in and change the settings. It's really amazing to me that. Through Xbox.com, through the console itself, or even through the apps, be that on Xbox, on Windows 10, or even on iOS, you can actually navigate and interact and read much of the content that's available there and be able to do that. I am super proud that I have about five people on my Xbox friends list who are totally blind who play Killer Instinct or other games. In fact, there's a particular club that I belong to that's all about Killer Instinct and that's run by Sarah Aralami, who started that. And she's a blind player who's uploading clips through Mixer. So it's really a golden time for video games For blind and visually impaired people, and uh, Xbox is by far doing that better than, say, the other consoles that are on the market.
3: Well, I always love hearing that. So (laughs) it also brings up a great point. You know, one of our goals around things that we, we believe is needed from a Microsoft perspective is the ability to fire up an Xbox and have a very similar narrative experience fire up your new laptop or your Surface Pro or whatever you happen to be using and have a very similar experience. Because one of the things you'll hear us talk a lot about at conferences, it's really easy to learn and use. And we look at some of the systems today, and they're complicated to use. And as you change from device to device or platform to platform, you also then have to relearn again. And so our goal is to really continue to make that not only easier to use, but really consistent when we go from platform to platform. So there's always some challenges in there. But we just think that really helps you at the end of the day be able well, to, to to move
4: transferable and, skills, and right? And yes. so, if you know Narrator for your Windows PC, you're already halfway there to turning on an Xbox Christmas morning and setting it up. You know, yeah, you, you can use a wireless keyboard or a wired keyboard and plug it in uh, and hit your you know Narrator shortcut and you're off and running. And in fact, it's becoming more and more like a PC in that you know mouse and keyboard support is eventually coming to the Xbox for many things. But I've been using a wireless keyboard for a while to navigate with Narrator on edge or in different places. And I'm using a lot of the same things I learned on the PC side over there. And the roaming profile is something that I don't think gets mentioned a lot. You know, when you go to log in and uh, some of your accessibility profile stuff will carry over because it knows that it's you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is a big thing. If you need to log in on someone else's computer just for a moment, or like you said, a new computer and you log in under you and all these settings start happening and making life easier because you've already set them up ahead of time because all of that's roaming. That's fantastic. It's what we've been looking for. Yeah, it's
3: pretty great. You still plug in a keyboard. One thing to note is that if you are on an Xbox and it's turned on, you can press and hold the Xbox button on the controller and, uh, I think it's either the... The button
4: to lower right, the menu button. So think of it like a triangle. So if you're looking at your Xbox controller and up at the top at 12 o'clock is the X button. You can actually put your finger on it. It feels like an X button. It's a big round button. It lights up green if you're uh, low vision. And then the button directly to the right of that lower right uh, is like a triangle is your menu button. So you hold the button until it vibrates the X button your controller will vibrate, then you hit the button right below that to the right, and that will launch Narrator. And if you'd hit the button to the left, you'll launch Magnifier. And Magnifier, we're back to that high contrast situation where uh, you can change colors and make life a lot easier if you're into certain colors on the menu. There's a light and dark theme in the new Xbox update that's coming out around the same time as the Windows update. So you can actually have a whiter background or a darker background. You can make it solid or transparent, depending how you like it. And that can be set to your profile. And the other thing is, is the mono audio that you had mentioned earlier that is also coming in the latest version of the Xbox update.
3: Awesome. Again, we're just trying to continue to drive to the to the same platform and, and even things like Groove, it's 99% the same app, whether it's on my desktop or my Xbox. So so it's great.
4: Are a lot of the new changes that are coming to the start menu and all can I drag and drop and move things around with Magnifier and the light garden Narrator, and customize the start menu. That's one of the new features that's coming in the Fall Creators Update.
3: Well, actually, it's interesting that you say that, because the ability to rearrange the tiles, uh, if you're talking about tile rearrange, it's actually been there for, for quite a while. Um, you can hold down, the if you're on the tiles, you can hold down the Alt-Shift key and just use the left-right arrow key, and a Narrator will tell you kind of what's happening as that goes along. And if you're a touch user, you can do that in touch as well
1: what is the process of getting narrator going on a usb stick like like windows recovery for example what would that be like is it just the regular windows control enter
3: yep right in the money like you if you have an usb key and it'll come up and when control enter boom it'll it'll fire up and you can kind of just start walking through kind of the bare install
0: that is absolutely nice. so you can you know format your hard drive and redo partitions and you know the whole bit you can you can manage everything that's that's the beauty of it it's it's quite nice. Beautiful. One of the features that was announced during the process of of the uh, Windows 10 Fall Creators Update, and this was announced on the uh, Windows Insider blogs, was this new feature called Files on Demand, as part of OneDrive.
4: Oh, and you I stole me- my question.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I mentioned it here because it has some accessibility implications. In that, f- so let's first describe what it is. It's it's uh, basically the ability for you to manage what files are stored locally or what files are stored in the cloud. And as part of the shell experience, they made sure that that was accessible. So you can tell what file or folder that you're highlighting is currently either on your machine or in cloud. So this is really great. I've been using it quite a bit and especially on a machine, for example, where, you know, let's say you have 500 gig of files in in OneDrive or, or even 300, but you only have a a 256 SSD. So now you can manage what files are stored locally on your machine, and if you need something, you simply can just copy it from OneDrive. It's as simple as that. So you do a Control C on a folder that's in cloud. You can go to a folder outside of OneDrive and paste it. It knows that that's what you want to do. So it just basically goes and retrieves it and copies it locally for you. It's a it's a really really great feature.
4: Now, with that said, there's also some new information that's showing up in Task Manager. Like you can see more of the graphic resources being used. You can see more well graphs and charts and the like. Are those usable in in the new version of fall creators update with narrator
3: well you got me stumped i don't know (laughs) yeah i don't know the answer to that one
4: okay so yes okay well that that, that's that's a fair question but those are there's some new resources that are coming for those of you who like tweaking and are crazy about your clock (laughs) cycles and and you want to know exactly how much graphic processor is being used at any given time and then I'll put Jeff on the spot about new virtualization and Hyper V. But no, no, I, I'm I'm just kidding. Uh, so, <laughs> thanks,
0: thanks, Joe. Uh, yeah, no <laughs> worries, no <don't laughs> worries.
4: With that said, core voices and the like are changing for the better as usual. Have you gotten requests for more voices, more voices, or different types of voices? Or do you guys find is your favorite voice? Are you David people? Are you Mark people?
3: <laughs> well. Uh, <laughs> first of all uh, i'm gonna I'm gonna shamelessly plug feedback. so to your question, like do we get feedback? The answer is yes. We get lots of feedback from lots of places and and we do appreciate it and we do look at it. We get um a range of requests we're, there's kind of two um, branches at which we've been looking at uh, at speech. One is just ensuring that we cover all the top languages because we're not quite done with that work yet. um so our our TTS team is really doing a good job of continuing to expand that, and then other areas, it's it is about tuning. We had some great feedback on at high rate. There's kind of a, a whine or a hiss or a kind of a, a bright echo. We heard some great feedback on that, and uh, the TTS team has really done a good job of of tuning that. And even the feedback on hey, I press a vowel and it's really low, and then I press a non-vowel and it's a lot uh, louder. And so they went through and did a bunch of work to really kind of help even that out. So. Um, so we do take a lot of a lot of feedback on that. And uh so please keep keep feedback coming on that and, and everything else. Um for me, I, I tend to use Mark a lot.
0: Yeah, I use Mark too.
4: Yeah, that's that's I, I have Mark on the Xbox and David on the desktop so I don't get confused.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you
4: go. <laughs> so the, and, that way you remember which machine is talking to me and
3: when. Yeah. And and depending on what I'm doing, I run anywhere from 75 to 95% of the the rate. So I try to stay to the upper end. It's good. I I like how fast it is.
4: Well, and a lot of that work carries over to other screen readers because now other screen readers can grab that information. In fact, they can grab other portions of, of things from Windows now, which is pretty interesting as well because some of your work isn't necessarily confined within ease of access. It's being used by third parties.
3: Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I think the... You know, I'm surprised it hasn't been asked yet. You know, how do we feel about third parties? That usually comes up, but the things we do, we really take that extra time to work on and work on paths so that third parties can continue to to work. It's it's a strength of the Windows platform that you have choice, and so we continue to enable that choice. And so we, we want you to be able to put on your assistive technology and and if you like our voices, use them, please. That that's why they're there. So
5: thank you for bringing that up. On third parties, I'm getting into uh, the whole smart TV scene and I've got like three devices that speak. One of them uh, that shows interest is when we bring on here at Main Menu things like Blu-ray players Mm -hmm. and you hear some of the uh, Microsoft speech engines on them through Narrator. Do you have any idea how many emails, tweets, what player is that? How can I find it? You know, we sort of have to be our own self advocates, just like we did in the old phone days. Uh, if you guys remember that, when we were working with, uh, you know, back in around 2000 and you know six, seven. And so, my question, guys, is any idea how many devices that have the narrators on them, such as Blu-ray players and things like that? When I talk to Sony, for instance, they go, "Well, we we don't have talking players on on Sony devices." and they just don't know. You have to be your own advocate. How much more of this incorporation are we going to see on these types of devices, and how much
3: will they speak? Hey, you bring you bring up a great point. Um, you know, from the TTS engines, I, I don't know really how far and wide they go to all, um, I guess I would say appliance devices isn't, isn't the right uh, term, um, but for your home electronics, it's a, it's a great question. What What we see and how we're kind of looking at it from our perspective is, you know, hey, if you have something like an Xbox, it will do your DVD player for you, and those menus will work. And if you wish to go online to the store and rent a movie or buy a movie, uh, the store is accessible, and the the media player in there is accessible. And so we kind of really try to 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 uh, allow that same same thing in all our devices. And I, to your point about it, it sometimes it takes time. Um, so I really, you know, I can't speak for Sony and and other hardware mm-hmm. manufacturers, but when you look at um, where we're going, there's continued work even for us in Windows. There's continued work for us in Xbox, and you know, as, as more as more and more things come out, there's still a lot of work even for us to do. So, uh, for me to go kind of chat with other other companies, I'm like, man, do I, I don't know. I hope they're doing good because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I want them. I want them to do well. Oh yeah. And uh, and I, if they do better than us, awesome. It gives us more things to go do. So yeah. And again, you bring up a point that, that's very important to us when we go back to our easier to learn and use segment that really is backed by the platform that we're building. Because again, you look at Groove Music, and you look at the store and the media player, because they're uh, universal Windows apps, they can show up on my Xbox, and they can show up on my Surface device, and and it is that same kind of experience, and it comes back to that more consistent, uh, we believe you want and need a, a consistent experience to really make your life simpler. So yep, you're, you're right on the money. We, we, do, uh, we do spend time doing that. It's a,
4: Well, that's it. We'll go one step further. You're also doing that by carrying the water to developers, by speaking at Build with hardware manufacturers, by doing it this uh, recording week at Ignite. Uh, There was, uh, you know, Microsoft accessibility there uh, as seen on Channel 9. So there were uh, definitely things that were out there at the Edge Summit. There was accessibility. So most of your big events that Microsoft has been hosting and even some things like GDC, uh, you guys are out there. Uh, actually carrying the water reminding everybody and uh, from what I can tell it sounds like huge audiences have been appearing at these events
3: Yeah, it's been really great. Uh, I was fortunate to be at Bill both uh, Mariah and I were there um, this year in Seattle and uh, even uh, Terry Meyerson demoed uh, The narrator developer mode is he like hey look Here's how we're trying to help people and help developers understand what's going on. So it's it's awesome to see You know, go all the way back to the top where Jeff is talking about the culture shift is happening and it's really coming from the top down. It's true. Uh, Satya set a tone that's really uh, helping everybody because he he truly does believe empower every person on the planet. And that's what we're working towards.
4: There's always new stuff coming out from you guys. um, And I think that's what's really exciting. Is there anything with mixed reality that you guys can talk about that's involving with narrator?
3: Well, it, it, mixed reality isn't. Is it, It's a challenge because when you look at things, like how do you describe it and how do you engage and do that? And so we're we're continuing to engage and look at at options and make sure it's the right experience. Um, when I think about email, would you go to mixed reality for email? Probably not. Um, so we're trying to find that right balance and, and work through it. So, yep, we're certainly certainly looking at it, and when and how is is uh, just to be determined.
4: Well, to come back to seeing AI, uh, it's really exciting to think about how that works on my phone. So a lot of people are talking more and more about uh, how crazy it, it is not to have cameras on my face pointed at things. Thank you, you know, a certain another company with beginning with G who started it, but certainly other people are taking advantage of that. Uh, and so it doesn't seem as crazy anymore to walk around with Camera guided support or camera guided narration. So the, the, I'm excited about that and the possibilities that that may entail one day. Yeah, and and you know, again, looking back,
3: how we we're talking about the descriptions uh, with narrator for images. That same type of AI backbone. You know, we get more um, feedback and more look at, at some of the images and and continuing to really build that that knowledge base of image recognition it only begins to help more and more people every day. So, so we're really excited that you know, Microsoft can, can leverage that type of uh, skill and expertise because it really does take a company the size of Microsoft to really have those resources and really kind of um, bring that to everybody to use every day. So it's, uh, it's super exciting.
4: Well, it comes back to that culture of inclusion that you were referring to uh, in that no matter what the device is, You know, is there some functionality that can be gained of it? And so we don't feel like we're out on one particular segment. Uh, Jeff had referred to that earlier with IT professionals who seem to be getting uh, more and more focus, which is great. Uh, And then, of course, you and I have spoken about here with Xbox. So gamers have an opportunity. But it's neat to think that uh, there are things that are available on store shelves that we can lay our hands on and spend money with the other guys.
5: Yep. I want to give kudos to the Seeing AI app, and I don't know how much you guys are in the development of it. I I just want to say how much it has helped me because I carry my barcode scanner in my pocket now, and I I used other scanning devices before without mentioning any names, and I just love the app. It takes the barcode and literally just sucks it out of my hand and and reads it. I've never had a better small device for that, thanks to whoever is... Developing that, we are definitely using it. A lot of people are. Kudos to whoever's doing that. Uh, I get questions like, "How do I use it?" Man, it's like, wow. Um, I don't know if I can teach it. it must be just luck because it works so great for me.
3: So thanks. That's, that's not directly us, but we're certainly happy to yeah. pass on the, the the feedback. It's got a lot of great press, and people are certainly yeah, wonderful so and, loving it.
0: And keep that feedback coming to that team because uh, they're really wanting that engagement and. You know, really, all of Microsoft wants that engagement. It's mm-hmm. all about, you know, we're here for you, and and we want to build great products for for all of you, and so that the only way that we know that of, of things that you want is by you telling us. So that's where feedback is just so.
5: Okay, crazy. fix the battery drain then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I get a lot of questions asked
5: of me about. Uh, the Skype app, as far as uh, the the desktop version, is that going to be kept? And what about the tablet? I can't remember the name of it actually, but it, it keeps wanting me to update to it. Do you want to try it now? Well, one time i I was just going to go uh, do a main menu podcast, and I said, "Sure, let's let's do it." <laughs> Thank God I could roll back because <laughs> I had a problem with it a lot. So. um What's the status on Skype these days, guys?
3: So uh, so great question on Skype. Uh, I don't know, because I don't work on the product, so uh, I don't really know their their current roadmap and plans. so right. um, it's a great question, and I, I don't know where they're really at right now. so but, you know something we could look at maybe uh, the next time around is having some of the folks from from office and from Skype uh, yeah. come and chat with you as well. But yeah, that would
4: just, be great. One of the cool things in uh, the upcoming fall creators update. Uh, is that Windows update has been changed and Narrator works really well with that. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm a Windows insider. So I interact with that window a lot, especially since I'm on the fast ring. Um, So um, can you talk about some of that? Because it seems like uh, incremental uh, updates are being spoken more. It seems like you get a lot more feedback. Um, And it seems like the process for upgrading, especially say just even with Patch Tuesday, uh, it works really, really well, and it's really quick, um, especially if I just leave my focus on the progress bar. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, things are, yeah. speak very, very well. I was just going to mention
5: one quick thing, and that is I had a an update to, to Windows. and I think it was like last Saturday. One was pushed through, and it was late at night, and I said, you know, I'm going to go to bed. And I just I don't know how long I have to wait before my Windows comes back up again. So I focused on uh, on the update. And it started reading the progress bar. And I went, wow, that's pretty cool. 24%, 26%, you know, that type of thing. It's a really big help.
3: Nice. Yeah, it's been, you know, to uh, to the point about a journey, it's not just a journey for Narrator, but it's also a journey for all of our app partners, whether it's the shell of the inbox apps or, or Office. And so we're all uh, taking the journey seriously and continuing to improve where we can. So it, it's fun to hear about it because sometimes... I, you know, I hear about things that I, d- I didn't know other teams did. And sometimes we're like, yeah, it's great. I'm, I love that people are noticing it. So it's awesome. Uh, it's awesome that you're noticing the...
4: Uh, and then the same goes for, like you were talking about, with notifications being read uh, with Braille and the like. Action Center works very well in there as well. Um, Action Center sees a little bit of change in the new version of Windows 10 Fall Creators Update uh, where you can dismiss things a little easier. Um, you, my My unfortunate scores of some of my sports teams show up better. <laughs> uh, maybe good or bad for that particular reason. Uh, but narrator seems to be detecting and reading in ac- uh, Action Center a lot better, too.
3: It's been great because um, Action Center is a place that had a lot of feedback. And the team did a lot of work to try to really help engage that. So uh, I always like to give the pitch about feedback. And, and I appreciate that you all are on the Insider's Build because that really helps us get early feedback as well. And And what I'm hearing, and correct me if I'm wrong here, that not only are you able to be on the insider's build, but the things that help you be on the insider build are also slowly improving. The the understanding of the percentage of update and action centers showing up a bit more accessible. And so it seems like you're feeling that um kind of release by release as well. Is that is that a fair statement?
4: I would say so because even initially with uh, say three releases ago, and I mean by releases major releases, so, you know, going back to Uh, prior to creator's update, Mm -hmm. um, the the feedback hub was actually not very friendly in narrator and I was using another product to be able to type in there. So yeah, it definitely has been getting uh, better. The quests were hard to do originally as well um, Mm -hmm. because uh, some of that was showing up in edge by default and and some of that's been worked out and changed. So um, those kinds of things we're rough going, and that, that was to be expected. Uh, it, 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 again, is, is, like you were saying, an experience, uh, and refinements are coming. Uh, but I, I would have to say that as someone who is submitting bugs and feedback and the like, uh, the tools are getting much easier to be able to do that with, uh, rather than having to, you know, write Microsoft accessibility on Twitter, which I don't mind doing. But I, you know, and that's another thing. There's so much that's coming out, whether it be SharePoint accessibility changes that are coming uh, through Office 365. If you're not following Microsoft accessibility on Twitter, and you don't have to use Twitter. If you're not a big fan of Twitter, you just go to the the link to be able to just go there and read with headings. Uh, just re- use your heading support. You can read a lot of those tweets because there's always something coming out each day of what's coming out of Microsoft through one of the many uh, facets that you were talking about earlier.
3: So I sort of want to take a plug for the Insider Build. One, I appreciate that you that everyone is on this, on this uh, cast are doing that. But I'm also wondering if folks noticed a few of the features that snuck in from a narrator perspective. Has anybody noticed any new features? I'm just curious.
0: We've heard a lot of feedback over the last couple of years and and even at the last consumer conferences about features that that people wanted in Narrator. And one of the big requests that we had over the last couple of years was, you know, I really want to be able to change the sound card that Narrator uses for output. You know, whether you're, you know, broadcasting on the internet and you need it to go to a different channel so you're not having that broad, you know, narrator speech broadcasted or, you know, whatever the case may be. So uh, we we listened and even the, uh, we we actually got some internal feedback as well on this. And so we have implemented this. And if you join the insider program, you can experience it today. It's available and it's been, it's been flighted uh, out as part of the next version of Windows it's coming in in spring and this is the ability again to to change where narrator's speech will be output to so it's it's all about you know being fully engaged with the community getting feedback and and you know it shows that that we're definitely uh listening and wanting to to provide features that the community really you know wants Needs and loves.
4: And there are more blind DJs about to play weddings than ever before because that is something that you needed when you were doing uh major audio production is yeah. to be able to throw that narrator somewhere else. And mm. um yeah, I have actually played with that. Um I I also uh am excited about some of the even just some of the audio changes like what was happening with spatial sound, uh, which was fun to play with, um, was accessible and fun to do and and you're right that came with audio ducking and some of the other requests that people mm-hmm. have been making uh, with new, one new feature at least showing up in every update that is just the wow feature and I would have to say that is the one for me so far.
0: Yeah and the key thing about being involved with Insider is if you see a bug and you provide it through Feedback Hub, you know you give us the information we definitely listen to that. We We are definitely listening to the things that come in there. We have you know, meetings every day here that that go over the things that come in, and so we look at them and and it's it's an involved process. But you know, all of that is you know if you put something in, it's definitely looked at and 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 you know we determine where it might fit in in the scope. So it's it's pretty neat. It's it's actually really exciting to see how a lot of that has is done you know, internally here in the company. And it, again, comes back to this level of commitment and truly Microsoft is listening to the feedback that's provided from all of you that are really helping us drive and, and making Narrator truly a screen reader that's needed, wanted and loved.
4: Did you go in and and take all the names off the the ones you submitted, Jeff, and put them under different names? Is that what you did no
0: but but some of mine have bubbled up here and in fact, I got assigned assigned them so uh,
4: revenge yeah, there, you yeah, yeah, exactly. there you go that's what I'm talking about careful what it, you wish for that's, that's, that's right that's kind of funny that's yeah like, uh, that's awesome. Well, I
0: wanted to kind of wrap up here and talk a little bit more about feedback there are are a number of channels and ways that you can uh, get in touch with us here. Of course, there's uh, user voice and we'll provide links to the main menu team here that will go out with the show notes, so no need to worry about writing all of this down. Uh, of course, you can, use, uh, you can join the Windows Insider program as we've talked about. You can use the feedback hub inside of, uh, of, of Windows 10 itself to be able to provide feedback to us. Don't forget about the disability answer desk as well as the enterprise disability answer desk. If uh, you uh, work in a, a corporation and and you need assistance, then definitely utilize that resource as well. And many of us that are on the team are uh, monitoring social media and, and and available and you know that way as well. And and we're definitely uh, listening. My boss Jeff, who's been here on main menu before. Uh, monitors uh, Twitter as well as myself and others. And so we're, we're definitely out there and listening. So if you have something to, to share with us and uh, you would like to get us feedback or you'd like to report bugs, please do so because that's truly the way that we get more information and are able to make the product so much better for you.
4: And even if you're not an insider, maybe you don't want to take that chance or maybe you don't have a machine you can dedicate to that. Um, you know, you might have just that one work machine and you don't want to mess with that. Uh, you can still submit bugs and issues uh, that you're running into with just the regular version of Windows you have right now. It's very important that you do that because those bugs are just as important. So don't, don't be surprised uh, that something that you submit through feedback or any of the places Jeff mentioned is fixed in a later version of the windows you're using right now. You don't always have to be on insider to, to get some of the uh, fun parts in and your information taken seriously.
0: Absolutely. Well, I want to really thank everybody for uh, allowing us to come and talk with all of you. Yeah. This has just been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. It's been great having you and uh, learning about what's happening. Main Menu is brought to you by the American Council of the Blind and ACB Radio, and it airs every Friday evening beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern on ACB Radio Mainstream and repeats every four hours until 5 p.m. the following day. You can point any Internet-connected device to acbradio.org mainstream, grab it as a podcast, use ACB Link for iOS, or call 605-475-8130 at airtime. To give us feedback or suggestions, email mainmenu at acbradio.org or reach us on Twitter at mainmenu.